Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I cannot express on this good, good Friday what a fantastic fucking week America has had. And I say that knowing that there are too many times when I come on air where it is to share yet another disappointment, another devastation, and try to muster the strength to provide you with some level of hopefulness. But on this Good Friday, waking up to the news that Brittany Griner is free, that after 10 months in Russian captivity, after being sentenced to nine years for empty vape cartridges found in her suitcase as she was working in Russia because we don't pay female athletes anything on par with male athletes in this country, let alone just, you know, women in general, that required her to be in Russia on the off season is finally released. President Biden The Biden administration had been working behind the scenes, as we know, to negotiate an exchange. And it was a one-on-one exchange with a notorious arms dealer that had been in prison, convicted in New York, and it was serving out a 12-year prison sentence to be released in 2028, has been swapped for Brittany Griner. Now, folks, Do not trouble yourselves with the bullshit that is going to be coming out and that had already started spewing out from the right about how this was a terrible decision on Biden's part. And yes, of course, because we don't get they don't give a fuck about black people. They don't give a fuck about queer people. And they just want to uphold Putin, you know, as their savior. Do not let that news take away from what 
an incredible story this is. Now, we have no idea what kind of condition Brittany Griner is in, but we do know that her healing process can begin now, that she is finally on her way home to her wife, to her family, to her friends, to her teammates, to her community. This comes on top of Georgia once again showing up and showing out and denying white supremacy in the face of voter suppression, in the face of all that is evil that was propping up Herschel Walker, the most unqualified man to do mostly anything, but damn sure unqualified to be a senator of the United States, defeating him at the ballot and electing Reverend Warnock for a six-year term as a U.S. Senator to be the first black man elected in Georgia for a six-year term is nothing short of Herculean. And so I tweeted this earlier today. It is not often that we get to celebrate victories these days. It feels like we are always hanging on by a thread. And so when victories do find themselves at our doorstep, folks embrace them, embody them, celebrate them, uplift them, and hold them close to your heart because we will need that as energy to keep going, to keep fighting, to keep persevering. This was an incredible week for democracy, an incredible week for justice, and an incredible week for freedom. And I can think of no one better to join me in conversation with regard to how we are closing out this midterm election and how we are closing out this horrific traumatic experience for Brittany Griner, then my friend, the host of Make It Plain, the Reverend Mark Thompson. That conversation is coming up next. Folks, you know, for the entire year, we have been doing a countdown to the midterm elections with our good, good friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson, host of Make It Plain. And, you know, we were able to talk, Mark, I believe it was the day, the day of uh, the final day to vote for midterm elections. Um, now the results are in and not only are the results in uh, in general of where we stand as Democrats in both the House and the Senate, but we have just completed what feels like Georgia's 17,000th election that it has had uh, over the course of this year. So I just want to get your initial thoughts on, you know, based on all of our conversations that we have had, how you think things have turned out and how you feel about it. Well, first of all, uh, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. And yes, um, first, you have to congratulate um, Georgia voters for once again, um, black voters in the South and some white voters even for saving America. Mm -hmm. um, I went uh, over the course of the past week, spent several days in Georgia canvassing with Black Voters Matter. Uh, and I felt as though I had to do it. My conscience would not allow me to sit idly by with the risk of my people waking up Wednesday morning and Herschel Walker being in the Senate. I just mm. could not live with myself. So I had to do something as others did. As a matter of fact, uh, my contribution to what black voters matter had already been doing in Georgia 
was just a drop in the ocean. But I was thankful that they allowed me to participate with them and go out and meet voters and talk to people and encourage people to get out to vote. Now, to be clear, you know, we operated um, under nonpartisan auspices. But mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you when you get people to vote, when you say to people, this is your sacred bloodstained obligation to do this, they tend to vote the right way. Um, one woman, even on Tuesday, we engaged. She kept asking me, well, who do you want me to vote for? So I can't really tell you that in this capacity, but I don't know who to vote for. I said, well, just vote. And then I said, you, you don't know who to vote for. And then she looked at me and she says, well, I know what I don't want to vote for. I said, well, then you need to act on that. You need to vote. The fact of the matter is, and I don't think we say this enough. So I'm going to say it as much as I can. Ladies and gentlemen, when one doesn't vote, you are still voting. Mm-hmm. Because you're helping the person whom you might not want to see in office get in office because you haven't cast your vote for the other person, the right person, the person you've chosen. So when that young woman said to me, I don't know who to vote for, but she knew who she didn't want to vote for. That's when I explained to her how important it is to vote. And I, I've been saying that to everyone. When you don't vote. You are actually voting when yep. people don't vote for Joe Biden and they just assume he's going to win. You're casting a vote for Trump. Objectively, those of us who represent the progressive community, who also intersectionally represent what Dr. King called the beloved community before he died, the 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 assignment, the moniker, the designation that got him killed. We are in the majority in America. African-Americans and Latinos, all people of color, indigenous people, LGBTQIA, the working class, youth, women, obviously. Um, we are in the majority voters. So if we all vote, then we win. When we don't vote, we don't. And those non-votes go to the benefit of other people. So um, uh, I was was thankful to be a part of that. Uh, it was exhilarating, although an exhaustive experience. I still have not caught up on sleep. I was on a Zoom when I got back home, flew flew back in at 6 a.m. flight Wednesday morning. By four o'clock Wednesday afternoon, I'm on a Zoom and I literally fell asleep on the Zoom and everybody felt so sorry for me. They just left me on the Zoom. So I'm, I'm, I'm like literally like crashed out in the Zoom all the way back like this in the chair, just gone. And everybody just, you know, prayed over me and they understood. And, and I had to, everybody's forgiveness later in the day. But it, it, this was important. And you write 17,000 times to be specific. Mm -hmm. People had to vote five times mm -hmm. in two years. Yep. For Raphael Warnock. Uh, Georgians are thankful they get to exhale mm -hmm. from voting every year for something. They get a little break now. Thank goodness. Uh, and they've earned it. But but God bless Georgia. Uh, God bless all the voters and God bless all of you who contacted your friends and family in Georgia and got them to get out to vote. You know, I, I have to tell you that I had uh, uh, Latasha James on uh, a, a, another show um, to 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 talk about uh, 
the vote to talk about the energy on the ground. And that's kind of what I want to talk about because I think that we take for granted those of us who live in quote unquote blue states, those of us who live um, in, you know, in kind of democratically protected or so we think protected uh, areas and regions of the country. We take for granted the exhaustion, right? To your point about the, about the Zoom, the exhaustion that people of Georgia have faced over the last five years and how the policies have been in, put in place purposefully to exhaust the voters. And I, I just wanted you to be able to, you know, share a little bit more about what you heard from people on the ground about the things, the ways that they have been, you know, targeted, right? Like they, I can't imagine what it must have been like to watch television in Georgia for the last, like for the last five years. I mean, this, this senatorial race, I believe was historic in the amount of money that was spent, um, on advertising, on targeting, uh, the people of Georgia. So I just want to get a sense from you, Mark, about, you know, the, the energy of the people there, right? The resolve and the perseverance, um, of the people of Georgia when they are inundated with voter suppression, when they continue to be taxed, um, year after year. Well, it, it, I was there over the weekend and watching TV was not a pleasant experience. Um, so there is an inundation, although I do think Raphael Warnock had the most effective commercials. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, they, they were clear. They were cutting people of all races talking about what was important in the election. And I, and I think that helped him. I mean, it, it, Georgia sh showed out again, even on Tuesday in, in very respectable numbers. Um, you talked about, you know, the fatigue. I've never really bought into fatigue in politics, but I have now because of Georgia. I mean, you, you know, and, and I remember when people would talk about Clinton fatigue. Um, wow. I mean, it, it's a blessing. People didn't get Warnock fatigue, having to go out and do this all the time, every year for the past five years, practically uh, uh, for the past two years, uh, five times in the past two years, I should say. So, uh, but I think the, the commercials got over on people. I think that now it's time for Georgia. See, these need to, be, need to be the next commercials. Now it's time for Georgia to get rid of this primary system. It no longer serves the purpose that the white supremacists who set it up wanted it to serve mm -hmm. because we are now empowered to vote. It was originally meant to dilute our voting power. But now that we've shown the discipline that we have, uh, it's made a difference. As a matter of fact, uh, Republicans are so stupid. If <laughs> the um, if there had been no runoff um, in the first election with with Ossoff, um, then Ossoff would not be in the Senate, and the Republicans would have a majority. See, because he lost, they had to run, run, yep. run, and he won the runoff. Yep. But they're so stupid; they set themselves up for that failure. So, so again, these are decisions they make, all decisions they make end up causing losses for them. So maybe we shouldn't complain. Um, we beat back 
the the red wave, the so-called tsunami, tsunami, <laughs> the tsunami. Let forgive me for and that never happening. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I I think that this is this is a a turning point uh, and a major one. And, and let me just also say this, if I could, Danielle, and feel free to cut me off because I know I'm talking too much. Um, um, but I don't get talking my own show. So when I'm a guest, I try to, I, you know what I'm saying? When you talk, when you host, you don't talk, you guest talk. So I'm a guest. I get to talk. I'm saying stuff to you. I don't even get time to say on my own show. Um, in this is the week, the mm-hmm. week of the runoff was the week of the anniversary of the Montgomery bus boycott. Mm. When was the last time we as a people or any people in America were so disciplined as they were in 1955? to not take the buses for over a year and walk to work. Who, who's going to do that today? What, what, what Americans are going to do something like that so selfless and self-sacrificing for the good of all today? That's a lot to walk to work every day for what, yeah. 375, 300, 380 days. So to put it in, in a relative context, going back out and voting in numbers like this five times, to ensure that crazy people aren't seated in the Senate, especially Herschel Walker. It to me is, is reminiscent of the discipline it took. It's not quite the same, but I think in the same objective context, it is folk ain't going to walk to work every day for over a year. Now we're not made like that anymore. People aren't built that way. We aren't built for that. But if we can go out in all these consecutive times to vote, then that's, that's an important thing. And, and frankly, everyone will say that Jesus suffered and died. So we don't have to those who, who suffered during the Montgomery bus boycott, those who died in Selma did so that, so we wouldn't have to. So the least we can do is do what we did and vote as we did in Georgia during the runoff. Yeah. I mean, a, a, amen to that in so many different ways, because when people say, you know, that I don't vote or one side is just as bad as the other. You know, I, I get a a sick pit in my stomach because I do believe, right. And remember every time I vote who died so that I could be able to, to press that button. Right. Like I, 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 I think about that all the time and that is, you know, that that's the problem with not teaching history. Right. With with not reminding, having constant reminders, having constant anniversaries that lift up the people who did sacrifice their own lives so that yours could be better. Um, so so I appreciate you, Mark, for lifting that up. The the last thing I want to say on Georgia is um, Herschel Walker was an embarrassment, was an embarrassment of a candidate, was an embarrassment of so many different things. And I just wanted to ask you if you think at all, at all, if Republicans will learn anything from trying to prop up, literally prop up this man, because he wasn't on TV by himself, always had his white handlers with him. If they will have learned anything um, from this loss and the kind of candidates that they should be running moving forward? Well, see, even when they lose, they win because I think they actually get off 
on demoralizing us mm. and and putting people like that up. So to some extent, you know, they still got something out of that. Um, they are probably more interested at this point because they know it's going to be challenging to continue to win elections with the changing demographics in this country. So they're still interested in, in demoralization and cultural attack and the preservation of white supremacy. So they still got something out of that. Uh, they got a, an, a black man to say out loud he doesn't mind being called a coon. Now, I had some white friends call me and say, well, man, we don't know what to say. We, this is just, and we know we don't want to speak out about. Let me, I, I'm, I'm saying on your show, I said, oh, man, I'm giving all white folks permission. Then whenever you see somebody call themselves a coon, you have permission to call them out. You know, I say one of my friends, what do you mean you don't know what to say? You know what that is. You know what a coon is and how disgraceful that is. Say it. Say something about it. Call it out. Well, I don't know because I'm not black. No, no, no. You don't have to be black to say that an African-American referring to himself and embracing himself as a coon is a setback and, and something wrong there. That is an understatement. Yeah. So you don't have to debate. You don't have to call me and ask my permission. You know, we, we not. Hey, let me say this carefully. We not like other folks who don't allow others to speak about our experience. Hello. I think, you know, y'all get that later. Uh, and, and there are no mm -hmm. consequences <laughs> for standing with us in solidarity with us to say you don't need to call somebody a coon or you don't need to refer yourself as a coon. So uh, uh, I, I don't know. Did they learn anything, Danielle? Mm -hmm. I, there's there's a sickness that they still get off on saying these things, doing these things, projecting these, and having him running around and saying those types of things. I don't. They're they're not. I don't think for one minute they're finished. They may ultimately be finished politically. They may ultimately, and, and I, they may know that. I mean, sooner or later, the numbers are going to bear that out. There is yeah. no way mm -hmm. that this is going to continue. So let you know they're going to you know grasp it. You know, hold on. What did Charlton Heston say? The, the, those who will take a gun from me, Mr. NRA, they have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. We, mm -hmm. You know, we're going to have to mm -hmm. pry whatever we're going to have to pry from those who ultimately will go to the grave because Father Time is undefeated. But um, I, I don't know that they learned a, a, a doggone thing. Switching gears with the with the time that we have left, um, you know, it isn't often that I say, I, I, I tweeted this, um, as that platform still stands, but on, you know, it's like a three legged stool, uh, that our celebrations are very far and few between these days, Georgia being a major victory, uh, for the Senate, for democracy, for true leadership, right? Brittany Griner, after 10 months in a Russian prison, after being sentenced to nine years of hard labor in a Russian penal colony for having empty vape cartridges that other people, mind you, in Russia have just been deported for, right? Um, used as a political tool in this geopolitical warfare that has been going on between the United States and Russia for quite some time as Russia is in the midst of war in Ukraine has finally been released and been traded for uh, a Russian prisoner. 
I woke up to that news, Mark, and was in tears because as a black queer woman, my heart was breaking for Brittany to be held prisoner in a known homophobic, abusive country. We know how little we think about black people in this country and their worth. So the idea that our government would actually fight for her release, I want to get your reactions to to this news. It is great news. In fact, I'll put it this way. Hang all the mistletoe. Brittany Griner's coming home this Christmas. It's yes. it's 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 beautiful. It's touching. Um, and a lot of hard work went into mm -hmm. this. And, and I'm going to say something else that might sound controversial. Some people are getting credit and taking credit for this. But it was a lot of folk, including some of you who are our listeners, who join us in these prayer vigils mm -hmm. um, to 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 bring her home. Um, <laughs> some represented that um, some of the things we were preparing to do, go out in the streets, have more prayer vigils, which is really all it was the plan. We were planning. To be in the streets more, to be at the we we had prayer visuals at the Russian embassy and the Russian consulate. We were going to do more. Um, and then some folks, oh, don't do that because that's going to upset the White House and the White House is going to look bad and the Russians. But Malcolm said, by any means necessary. The very um, assertion that there were those of us who might do that made the White House get up and act. So it worked. So um, I want to commend those who were involved in all those all those efforts. Victoria mm -hmm. Kirby York um, at the National Black uh, Justice Coalition, one of our LGBT, great LGBT organizations, Angela Rye, mm -hmm. Tamika Mallory, um, Rem Dr. Barber. Uh, so many who were involved in that process uh, that, that kind of moved the White House to do something. Uh, it, it's high time she come home. Um, I'm 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 grateful. I'm overjoyed as well. It makes me emotional, too, mm -hmm. um, because the thought of that sister in that condition um, was absolutely horrifying. And we've yet to learn exactly how she was treated. I was on a call earlier today and even some of the government officials are going to give her uh, the space and the support to decide when she wants to share. Yeah. What her experience was. So um, uh, I, I'm I'm glad that she's home and we all should celebrate this. It's, it's been from the runoff to Brittany Griner. We'll, we'll remember the, the week when all of that happened as one of the, the, the greatest weeks in our time. Yeah. And, you know, and I will say that I I cannot imagine. um what she was put through for those 10 long months, but my heart rests easy that her healing, which will probably be lifelong, um, emotional, mental, physical healing, um, can begin, uh, as, as, as she makes her way back home to her wife, uh, and to her family, to her friends, to her teammates, um, and to, to the community, as you said, Mark, that has lifted her up in prayer in coverage for the last 10 months, brought attention where without that attention, 
who knows uh, what her fate um, would have been. And I think that it's really important for people to recognize, you know, sometimes we say that if the only action that you can do is to share something, to share a photo, to share some information, that all of us have a voice and have a platform, whether it's for five people or five million people. And I, I don't want to downplay the fact that, you know, images of her, articles of her, you know, t-shirts, all of these things were made and done to continue to have her name be said so that she wouldn't be erased and that she wouldn't be forgotten. Um, right. that those things are powerful. You know, we, we, we all don't, um, uh, march. We all can't afford to give money. Um, but understand that lifting her name up and her presence up is what also played a part, um, in, in having her en route home. Um, Mark, last question for you, you know, as we get ready to turn the page on this year and go into 2023, um, you know, what, what, what message do do you want to send to people who, again, this has been a weary year, right? We're, we're hopefully going to be ending on these, on these high notes, but it's been a weary long year that has tested, uh, so many parts of our country, our democracy, our wherewithal, um, and so what do, what do you, what message do you want to leave for folks as they prepare to close out this year and begin anew in 2023? Well, as the scripture says, let us not grow weary in well-doing, Danielle, for in due season, season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Uh, that has borne true in our experience in 2022. Um, we didn't give up. We didn't give up. And when we stopped the the juggernaut that was predicted from the mm -hmm. right wing, we stopped it. And they may have a, a majority, air quote, <laughs> in the House, but it's a very slim one. And if someone sneezes, that majority might be gone overnight. Um, we've held the Senate. We gained governorships. None of this has happened. Um, I, 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 no incumbent. Uh, has held president has uh, held the Senate in the midterms this way since 1962. No incumbent president has gained governorships this way since the thirties, since Roosevelt. Mm. So this is the reward folks for eternal vigilance for not growing we weary. We have reaped uh, the harvest. And so we should use this and be energized by this to go forward Let's make voting up and down the ballot, throughout the ballot, mm -hmm. second nature, just second nature. Just make that the absolute priority in all we do. And once this becomes second nature, we won't even realize it's like, like blinking our eyes. We won't even realize we're doing it. And we will vanquish those who would continue to disenfranchise us, that would continue to take away our bodily autonomy, that would continue to discriminate against us on the basis of race or gender or sexual orientation that would bring harm to our loved ones that would to that would allow those who are law enforcement officers to continue to lynch us and to subjugate those who are immigrants to all types of harsh treatment when we do that mm -hmm. we will continue to win so folks celebrate now yes what we've done but remind yourselves that it happened because of you 
and because none of us grew weary. Reverend Mark Thompson, thank you so much for making time for us all year long in our in our monthly conversations. I tell you that I have deeply appreciated appreciated them. I look forward to continued conversations into 2023 and I wish you a happy, healthy new year if I don't get to speak to you on air before then. Well, well all of you and your entire audience, the woke AF audience, may God bless you all. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate. May, may all the peace and joy be yours. That is it for me today, dear friends on this good, great Friday, as always power to the people and to all the people power, get woke and stay woke as fuck. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.